0: This is your wake-up call. Wake the fuck up. The Breakfast Club. The show you love to hate. From the East to the West Coast. DJ Envy. Angela Yee.
1: Charlamagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show, because this is a voice to
2: society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the, the coveted morning show, which y'all earn
3: Impact in the culture. They wake up in the morning, and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show.
1: We and them on the... Mother, we we in the-, the-
4: Yo, 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 yo,
1: yo, 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 yo. Good morning, Angela Yee.
5: Good morning, DJ MV.
1: Charlemagne the God. Peace to the
3: planet. It's Thursday. What's happening? Yes, it's Thursday. Good morning. Yeah, it's definitely Thursday,
1: man. Now feels like a Monday, but it's Thursday. This is this is how you figure that you're getting getting old, right? And I hate be, having these conversations you, You're painting
3: your bed, you're putting Gorilla Glue
1: on it You're putting uh, shoe whatever. Shout to Khaled, shout to Calvin Hart oh, Shout man, to Rick Ross, shout know. to, to Diddy. But anyway, so you know, this is one of the If you're in a relationship, right And you get a text like this, your heart starts It, it almost drops So I wake up this morning, I get this text It is 12.32am And I just felt the need to text you I'm like, oh boy, you you laying next to me in bed So when you get this text, you're like, oh boy right? Not me, I'm clean I mean, I'm clean, too, but you just never know. I, I, PTSD. Know. Yes, right. So she says, uh, I feel the need I need to text you because I don't want to wake you up. I wanted to let you know that you were absolutely lighting the room up with your butt and odor that I'm suffering through. It's almost impossible to bear. <laughs> My daughter cooked last night and she cooked vegetables and quinoa and everything healthy. And, you know, when you eat that, sometimes you're a little gassy.
5: A lot of fiber.
1: Yeah. So I guess last night I tore the bedroom up. And my wife couldn't sleep.
5: Mm-mm-mm.
3: Anything else yep. you'd like to share this morning? And, and share? Any 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 other oversharing you want to yeah, do? I'm just, oh, just, just letting you on know. Just, I'm not. On and, this fine Thursday morning. And no, I'm not flirting with you. I'm just telling you, well, you know, that. Of course, you're not flirting with me because you didn't fart around me. I always <laughs> say that. And when a man farts around another man, you know, what I mean, it's flirting. Because why would you want me? Why would you want? Why would you want me to know how your butt smells? You know. Right. But right. you know, clearly, you was a. Uh, Letting those pheromones off for of your wife last night. <laughs> Trying yeah, to make another one, huh? Yeah, she didn't. You shut up, man. This guy here, man. Jesus she, Christ. She didn't man. appreciate it. She didn't appreciate it. Oh, well, come I on, guys. I wouldn't appreciate getting farted on either because you under the covers. That's that Dutch oven. Farting Fart ain't got nowhere to go. You act like I know I was sleeping. Your wife got fart all over her skin this morning because of you. <laughs> she sure does. She's going to wake up, one of the kids going to smell something funny, not want to be around mom, and it's all daddy's fault. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Jesus Christ, man. Good morning. Well, good morning, morning guys. Yeah, good morning, everybody. How are y'all? Morning. How are oh, y'all? going to start the show. You got oh, yeah. a, you, you a little gassy?
5: Any, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to go today. Okay. I don't have any issues. <laughs> Dramos, you
3: a little gassy? Anything? I'm feeling all right.
5: All right. Yeah. Okay. Just, cool. you know,
1: just putting out there that, you know, you guys are not the only ones that are a little gassy when you go to sleep. I am, too.
6: Who are
1: you talking <laughs> to? Who are you talking to? Who's the right now? Exactly <laughs> Who are you just who, Who's you guys? You, you guys Jesus
5: you, Christ you, you guys Sounds All like right. you need a, a more steady diet of fiber
3: hmm. <laughs> no. Who are you got right. on the show today? Um, That is a good question went, who, Eddie, who's on the show? Uh, I think the, doctor's uh, the doc- stopped doctor stopped
7: through Dr. Steve Perry? Dr. Steve Perry Dr. Steve Perry Dr. Steve Perry No Steve Steve Perry. Steve
3: Perry. Dr. Dr. Lunell? Monday. Oh, Monday. I don't know what's going it's on. We don't. We don't. Yeah, life. usually we
1: it's get a, a rundown. I didn't get a rundown this morning. I don't know if you guys did, but yeah, yeah Dr. Life. Steve Perry will be joining us. Uh, a couple days ago, uh, Dr. Carl Hart was on the program, and Dr. Carl Hart uh, is a. Uh he is, I don't want to, call, he's not an addict, but he talks about <laughs> drug use and how he uses drug oh use. Oh my gosh. He's, he's, you, you said he was an addict when I spoke to you, but anyway, he talks about how he uses drug he's, use. He's a professor at Columbia University. An American
3: neuroscientist, yes, professor at Columbia University who uh, researches drugs, professor of neuroscience and psychology, by the way, so he researches drug abuse and drug addiction. Right, so he he actually uses the drugs to proclaim heroin user to be able to
1: write about it and talk about it and speak about it. So he's
3: used. It helps his work life balance. It makes him happy. He says. He says. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we had a conversation with him earlier in the week, and a, a couple of uh, doctors wanted to talk about it. And Dr. Steve Perry is one of the doctors that called up. He's been on The Breakfast Club before and wanted to talk about some of the things he heard during that interview. A lot of people had mixed emotions. Uh, some people were very upset that we had the doctor on, and some people said that Charlemagne and I were very closed-minded when it came to that interview.
3: Well, I mean, I don't think there's one right answer, but do- we we'll talked to Dr. Steve Perry this morning. Correct. And let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about?
5: Well, everybody wants to know where their stimulus checks are. We'll give you an update on when that next round of $1,400 stimulus checks are coming and who is eligible because now there's a new proposal and some people are getting cut out. About 7 million fewer families will get that partial payment.
1: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. This The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
6: This
0: is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this?
1: Yeah. What's up, Evie? What's up, Trav? Hey, Yee. Uh, what happened to you She don't like you. Don't like you, bro. you, Like that. <laughs> Her lips are moving, but you can't hear it. She don't like you like that, Trav.
3: <laughs> what's up, Shar? What's up, sis? How are you? I'm doing good. Okay. okay. Hey, Trav.
7: Hey,
3: there you go. What's she fixed up, it. What's
7: up, Yee? Okay. <laughs> yes, I want to. Um, one, sir. Listen, your book is fourteen dollars. Stop having everybody call up there begging
3: for your book and you just be giving it to them. They can go buy it. Yeah, but I sell a lot of books, so why can't I give some away as well? No, because everybody be calling up there begging for a book. Not everybody. You ain't got to give everybody one. Hey, man, it's all good, man. I just want people to get the information. I, I'm, I'm a New York Times bestselling author, national bestseller. I'm, I've been blessed. Hey, man.
7: Yeah, also, that caller that called in yesterday, Um, the woman who was messing with the man that likes trans women and likes to, you know... Mess with other men Getting oral
6: mm-hmm.
7: I remember I told you like, start telling these women Leave do type of men you know? Don't nobody want No man <laughs> Who want a man you
5: Like nobody wants A man that's men. cheating Period Nobody wants no man Who out here Mess with other men And other trans women Like
7: ladies Leave them alone You don't have to settle Okay You do not have to settle
5: Yes 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 sir
3: But that's all I wanted Alright Trav <laughs> Call of him Messing up people Weekend don't nobody call up here and tell you who you can sleep with. It's Hello, so funny
5: because somebody somebody said I'm breaking up happy homes yesterday.
3: <laughs> Hello,
2: who's this? Yo, this is Nick from Michigan. Nick from Michigan. Get it off your chest, bro. Man, I just wanted to get on here and uh, shoot out, shout out two of my artists from my city. Man, Ajax Stacks. A-J-A-X Stacks on all social media platforms. He just dropped a uh, new video. And then I got to shout out Dosky, D O U G H S K I. Both of them are making major moves. And uh, can I sing for y'all real quick? Can you what? Can I rap for y'all real quick?
3: I mean, sure. Okay, sure. go
5: ahead.
2: All right, let me so get right into it. With the first? All right, <clears throat> Sharma, you know my name, but do you know my pain? Envy. <laughs> you feel the vibe, but does it feel the same? No. Yeah. I only ask cause he's lame and they keep talking <laughs> out their neck like they run the game. And well, I've been a the man. There ain't nothing changed. I got that crack. I bring it back. It's like a boomerang. Look, I'm hot boy. I feel like Lil Wayne and people claiming that they made me. That's a little strange. Cause <laughs> the fact is, this is God's blueprint. I've been dope. There's no argument. <laughs> I don't see no competition, Why are you crying? Only compliments. I stack my money to the ceiling. That's common sense. You got to feel that right. The real is back. These niggas is whack. Slow nuts, get off my I excel where you often lack. I'm not talking apps when I tell you that I often snap.
3: Yeah, listen, Envy, you got any more of them gas, that gas from last night? That you, <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit. I got a little bit. I, listen, I don't think you're bad. Let me take that. I don't think you're bad. I just, I, you, you got like one of them workroom flows, like when you're on break and, you know, you kind of bored and you kind of pass the day after eight hours, you're like, yo, spit something. You know what I mean? But not yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah, go to the you, studio and, you know, hey, kill stop it. it you can keep working. Right it keep working, bro.
2: It ain't even It ain't even about me, man. Look up some other two artists and just enjoy your day. I sent y'all some day uh, videos to y'all inbox. My Instagram is Mary with Children with two L, and just look it up, man. Gee, check your inbox.
3: I sent you a few things, too. All right, Ken. Okay. I like your energy, though. I like the fact that you're supporting other people. All right, bro. Get it off your chest.
1: 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
0: The Breakfast Club.
2: I'm telling. I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm telling. I'm calling calling
0: you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. We want to hear from you on The <laughs> Breakfast Club.
7: <laughs> Hello, who's this? Oh, good morning, and Good morning, Chuck Good morning, Enzo. Peace, <laughs> uh, King. King. Yeah, man. I'm going through it. I, I call calling you guys because you guys are my little avenue to vent sometimes. Yo, I, I was parked. I parked my car. Went out with wifey on Saturday night, and early Sunday morning, somebody crashed into my car and told That's us, bro, while it was parked. That's horrible. Man. Yeah, bro. And now I'm, um, and it's a car. I'm a, I'm a person. I've tried a little different endeavors here and there. It was a car. I was renting out for Uber or whatever. So now my little source of income is gone, and I got to go back to my nine to five grind. But the crazy thing about it is, I asked my neighbor to let me see the cameras, and he told me no. And his cameras are pointing like right towards my car. And he said his cameras are not for everybody. It's just for him. So
3: you think I don't he
7: know hit you? I don't think he hit me. He's a cop actually, and his house is set up like a fortress. He's got like seven cameras outside of his house. And I asked him. I said, "Yo, I know your cameras are pointing towards my college Is Can I see the cameras?" He said no. He wow. said his it's, it's cameras. Cameras is not for the community. His Cameras is just for him. Damn. So, I'm a business. Yeah. Damn. It's exactly right. I don't know how to feel about that. I'm pretty. That's selfish. About that, so.
3: Yeah. That's very selfish.
7: Pretty, that is very selfish. oh
3: uh, I mean, uh, he's protecting himself or protecting a friend that hit your car. It's probably, yeah. That's probably what he does. He's probably protecting I, I think, a friend. I
7: don't think so. You know what happens? Where look like at, they drag race a lot. A lot of the kids be going crazy stuff at night. I don't think that's going on. So
1: I just yeah, but he would have gave stuff. that up, too. You know what I mean? If you want to help a neighbor, you'd have been like, oh, yeah, i help you, bro. But if it has something to do with him, he ain't helping. What
7: if the cameras aren't you real? That's yeah, true, too. The cameras too. are real, bro. He's heard, his cameras are real. He's got like seven cameras outside his house. He's, he's, he's just being selfish. When I ring the bell, he's like, what do you want? Like an old, grumpy old man. He's like, what, what do you want? Oh
5: yeah, he, he's gonna, one of those. he gonna need you, he gonna need you for something one day. And guess I ain't go front. Yeah, that's how old people do. How old is he? He's pretty old. Yeah, so that's, that's,
7: that's
1: how, that's how old, old people do to too. Like that's that's <laughs> something my dad would do. I can see my dad. Hey, you know somebody <laughs> ringing the door, but What do you want? And they like, yeah, I want to use your camera. Go get your own. Like I can see my dad yeah, he, doing that at this age. Yeah, he didn't even come to
7: the door. He talked to me through the ring camera. He's like, yo, what do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. So it, is he white me. or black? I need some help. Yeah, he's black.
1: Wait, yeah. I live in I live on the floors.
7: I don't know what that is. It's Canarsie, bro. Oh, Canarsie Queens, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a Co- a Queens
1: and Canarsie Brooklyn. Brooklyn I was like, that's in Brooklyn, sir. Canarsie yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, that is in Canarsie, is in Brooklyn. Come on,
7: Angela, you
1: know what the source is. All right, good, man. <laughs> all right, have a good one, bro. Good luck. All right.
7: All right Hello, who's this? Yo, 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 it's Danny,
1: man. Danny, man, what up, man? Get it off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out that my homeboy, which is my
7: roommate, right? Uh, he. He had a sexual intercourse with a transgender. So I don't know how I feel about going back home. What that got to do with you?
5: Yeah, why does that affect you?
1: Unless y'all dating. Nah, uh, nah, 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 nah. Which
7: is that, um, like, what did he try to, like, pull a move on? me? Like, oh, yeah, don't have, want your uh, ass, Clearly,
3: clearly he, he don't want you, sir. <laughs> You're not a transgender woman. So why would he want you? Why would he be attracted to you, sir? I
5: mean, ain't that kind of, don't that, don't that mean he gay? No, it, first of all, does every woman, right, who is heterosexual, want you?
8: Right.
5: So just somebody's gay <laughs> doesn't mean they don't want. Wait, like, why you worried
8: about that,
1: bro?
5: He didn't want does you. I have to do with anything?
2: <laughs> I don't. It just, it, just,
5: it just make me feel kind of awkward. Like I don't
2: know. I feel weird. Let me weird. ask you a question.
7: Would he you might not
5: a- even be. Yeah, he's probably not even attracted to you. Has he ever made you feel like he was hitting on you or something? No, nah, but like the crazy part.
7: So is that you don't. He don't know that I know this. I found out. Well,
3: mind your goddamn business. Sound like <laughs> and, you and, want him to highlight you. you? Be upset? Would like. you be upset if he didn't highlight you?
1: That's what it sounds like.
3: A little jealous, maybe? Yep. Hey, hey not really,
2: but hey,
3: like, it's still weird, Mind your goddamn really. business, man. He's jealous. Okay? Let that man live.
2: Hey, all right, all right. I appreciate that, man. I love you. Both I love you, of you too,
3: King. But damn, that man don't be yeah, walking up on you. Yeah, all of a sudden,
5: because have- he dates trans women, he think he wants you. What does it have to do with anything? <laughs>
1: It was just kind of weird. I, I just wanted to get that out. He probably find it weird when you bring chicks
3: back. He ain't never ask you about none of the chicks you bring to the room because you ain't got none. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you
7: trying
3: to play with those? No. No, we just talking the truth. Man, all
7: right. You know it.
3: All right, Tom. You, you know it. Right. You know that phone dry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sure. You know them DMs empty. Come on now.
6: Man, be quiet, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God,
3: started, man. Been a rough few months. Hey, you need to call Kevin Samuel, f- figure out why you ain't got no ladies, man. <laughs> hey,
5: we're y'all, man. Good talk. <laughs> I love y'all.
7: Man.
3: Love you too,
1: brother. All right. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. We got rumors on the way?
5: Yes. And I'm excited about this Janet Jackson documentary in the works.
1: All right. We'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The
8: Breakfast Club. She's (laughs) spilling the tea.
0: This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
5: (laughs) Well, Janet Jackson is getting a two-night documentary event, and that is going to be on Lifetime and A&E. That should be really, really dope. I can't wait to see that. They said this filming on Janet has been underway for three years. It's going to follow Janet as her family is going through the loss of her father, who was the patriarch of the Jackson dynasty. He passed in 2018. She got the, uh, she gave the producers exclusive access to archival footage and never-before-seen home videos.
3: I know Lifetime and A&E are under the same umbrella, but I just feel like uh, Janet, a Janet Jackson doc seem like it should be bigger than that. Yeah, I think so, too.
5: I, well, it's a two-night, four-hour documentary event, so I'm excited to see it.
3: Two-night, four-hour documentary, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm I'm, all, I'm I'm, here for that. I just, I don't know, I feel like it should be bigger, but whatever, I'm gonna watch.
5: All right, in addition to that, Janet, let's talk about Janet that was on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now, she recently did an interview with Chris Witherspoon's Pop Viewers, and she shared that she considered taking her life after exiting from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Here's what she had to say.
9: So I not only had a house, a mortgage, a husband who wasn't working at the time, but I also had a business and a baby, an infant who needed me desperately. He saved me, my son, because I knew I had to take care of that little boy. And Fresh Prince had not gone into syndication yet. It was hard. There were moments where I felt so broken. There were moments where I wanted to die. You ever contemplate suicide? Absolutely.
3: You know, Uh, I I saw that yesterday and I saw folks uh, in the comments telling her to move on, telling her to get over it. That's not how trauma works, people. All right. Healing is not not at all. Healing's not a linear process. You could be fine in some cases and then something triggers you, you know, years down the line, months down the line and you have to let it go all over again. So let that woman vent, man.
5: Plus, I feel like for so long, nobody was even bothering to listen. That's
3: very true. Mm hmm.
5: And just recently, even Will Smith had to sit down with her. So I'm sure that brought her some type of, okay. For the moment. You know, and Yeah, for the moment. But I'm sure that also renewed people being like, okay, maybe this is something we should pay attention to now. Because they really weren't before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, Tiger Woods, the search warrant of his car is based on possible evidence of reckless driving. They did get a, a search warrant to get the black box that's in the vehicle. A judge believed there is probable cause that a crime may have been committed. And they said the possible offense is misdemeanor, reckless driving.
3: There's a black box in cars, too.
1: I guess yeah. the newer cars. cause. My, my dad, I asked my dad that yesterday. I didn't know that. But he was like, yeah, in certain cars, it'll tell you how aggressive you drive. If you aggressively, you know, accelerate, aggressively brake or how fast that you're going. You you know, if you,
3: Yeah, I do remember hearing something like that because they, they can tell, like, if you get into an accident and you was texting, they can tell if you was texting beforehand. I thought they were just looking at your phone to see that you let a tweet fire off. No,
1: I don't think they can see if you're texting, but I'm sure they got to look on your phone to see if the accident happened the same time you were texting. Your car can't tell you, hey, he's texting right now, unless
3: you're you know, connected to Bluetooth I or something. I don't know, bro. Them new cars are different. Cars, right. you, remember, remember how Night Rider used to seem so advanced? Now Kits seem like a goddamn... Go kart. I <laughs> thought turbo boost
5: can't happen right now. Right? Yeah. Yes, you could turbo boost Sheet. right now. You could jump over things. Oh, no, You can't
1: jump over things, but you could. They got cars with all types of turbo with
3: it, and no,
5: all types I'm of crazy I'm
3: trying to stuff. tell you, I don't know, bro. I ain't well, they do try have cars it. to
5: dry themselves, like Kit used to do. That's right. Yes,
3: they do, and talk.
5: All right. Now, Mariah Carey's brother is now suing her for defamation. That's over claims that were made in her memoir. He says that his reputation was damaged when Mariah wrote of an alleged fight that he had with his father and that she hinted that he was violent towards their mother. And he also highlighted a passage in the book that says, it took 12 cops to pull my brother and father apart. The big bodies of men all entangled like a swirling hurricane crashed loudly into the living room. I was a little girl with very few memories of a big brother who protected me more often. I felt I had to protect myself from him and sometimes i would find myself protecting my mother from him too
3: yeah i don't know if your reputation was damaged sir uh but if it makes you feel any better i didn't even know mariah Carey had a brother until just now yeah me neither didn't even hear about this
1: i'm hearing so many of of brothers and sisters suing their brother suing their parents i i I can i could never imagine maybe because i'm an only child but i couldn't sue my brother well you, you guys got brothers and sisters You think your brother would sue you or sister would sue you? Yeah,
3: especially if you ain't never never gave them nothing. you (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If you ain't never kicked no money out to them or if you did kick out some money and they don't feel like it was enough, but they see you out here balling, of course they would.
5: Well, according to Mariah's estranged brother, Morgan, he says that that made him sound like a violent person. He said he never fought with his dad when Mariah was a kid. And there's no way a dozen cops would be handling a domestic violence situation anyway. In addition for damages for defamation, he's also suing for intentional infliction of emotional distress. You- now, you know, her sister's also suing her. She for got that a same sister, memoir. too? Yeah, <laughs> Allison.
3: Mariah seemed like the only child. I got to read this book. <laughs>
5: So now her sister, and this happened, you know, a couple months ago, but she's seeking 1.25 million in damages for the infliction wow. of immense emotional distress caused by defendant's heartless, vicious, vindictive, despicable, and totally unnecessary public humiliation of a defendant's already profoundly damaged older sister. You, you can good- sue for that defamation. Okay.
1: I'm suing Charlemagne, because he does all that that you said in that whole little sentence, he does to me. It's crazy, Well, according to
5: Mariah Carey, uh, in her book, she said that her sister drugged her, put her in vulnerable situations with older men, and threw boiling hot tea on her when she was only 12 years old. Jesus Christ.
3: Jesus. Lord have mercy.
5: She did accuse her of attempted sex trafficking as well, and her sister, Allison, is eight years older than her. Mariah said all that in her book?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go read this book. Yeah, I think I need to <laughs> read the book.
5: All right. Well, that is your rumor report.
3: I did not know she had siblings, though. You can't I mean, tell me either. Mariah don't act like a holy child. Yeah, I mean, she does.
5: Yeah, well, Yikes. she's estranged from them, so I don't think she's very close with them, clearly.
1: I was a Debbie
3: Downey. Damn. Oh. All right.
5: I get it. Well, you're you're gonna get the bug.
3: Yeah, because 'cause you're family don't mean that you're family. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not always about blood. Like sometimes this is about principles and energy and spirit. And you know, if your principles <laughs> and energy and spirit don't align with a person, even if that's your blood, hey man, it is what it is. I ain't gonna you front. I love your family. They
5: always say you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. That's, that's
1: a fact. Hmm. All right. Well, we got front page news. When we come back, what are we talking about?
5: New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says he is not planning to resign, even though some people are calling for him to resign. And he has answered these allegations from women who are accusing him of sexual harassment.
1: All right, we'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy?
5: Well, Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York has said that he did not know that he was making women uncomfortable. And he's explaining himself after at least three women so far have come forward with allegations of sexual harassment.
6: I now understand that I acted in a way that made people feel uncomfortable. It was unintentional. And I truly and deeply apologize for it. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never knew at the time that I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. And I certainly never, ever meant to offend anyone or cause anyone any pain.
5: Now, as far as whether or not he plans to step down, as some people are calling for, here's what he had to say.
6: I'm not going to resign. Uh, I work for the people of the state of New York. They elected me and I'm going to serve the people of the state of New York. And by the way, we have a full plate. We have COVID. We have rebuilding. We have to do vaccines. Uh, So, no, I'm going to do the job the people of the state elected me to do.
3: Yeah, I, I really want to know how they decide uh, who they want to resign or not. Like, it's very hard to call for Andrew Cuomo to resign if you voted and supported Joe Biden. Like, I voted for Joe Biden, you know, uh, but President Biden had more serious accusations leveled against him than Cuomo. When it was people telling Joe Biden to drop out of the race, he didn't. That he was ap- true. He apologized and he pledged to respect women's personal space. He denied the rape allegations and he kept it moving. So I just want to know what's, what's the difference with Cuomo. Like, why is Cuomo being asked to resign?
5: And it's interesting that right now there's a mayoral race going on in New York City. And so some mayors have aligned themselves with the governor, and now they're having to kind of step back and not do that at this time. So, yeah,
3: and we'll what see about, how that plays and what out. What about the nursing home story with Cuomo? That just went away. It's like the media forgot about those old people the way Cuomo did. It's
5: like, what Oh, happened? yeah. And that's something that's still under investigation, too. Mm. They're doing an independent investigation on that as well. It's just not being talked about as much right now. Now as far as the woman that there was the picture of him like grabbing her face and she says that he uh, kissed her on the cheek and he made an unwanted advance toward her Anna Rutch that was in 2019 at a wedding, uh, Cuomo did say that it's a customary way of greeting for him, you know, where you kiss people on the cheek and he did apologize. Uh, for that as well, but he said he's not ashamed of anything he's done in public life. He said, You can find hundreds of pictures of me making the same gesture with hundreds of people women, men, children, etc. So, we'll see how this all plays out. That is, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some people do do that like they kiss you on both cheeks, and I feel like you know, Italians that's another
3: Italian thing. You know,
5: yeah. So I don't know. I don't, but it could be awkward. So now I'm sure moving forward, people got to think twice about doing things like that. All right. Now let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. They had to face the Detroit Pistons last night. And unfortunately for them, they had a skeleton roster. Apparently there was a COVID-19 outbreak and they said that was caused by the coaches bad mask etiquette. So apparently, some of the um, some of the positive tests over the last week, they said it was an internal spread of the virus, and that's from inconsistent mask wearing from the coaching staff members.
3: And they couldn't find anybody to fill those roster spots. Drake didn't want to suit up. Drake <laughs> Drake could have <Drake> went <laughs> Drake suit up. Yeah, yeah he could up. Drake could ran out there and ran ran a couple minutes for the Raptors. Bieber plays a little basketball. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think Bieber stays in Toronto though. <laughs>
5: All right. Well, a lot of those people who were sidelined yesterday will not be expected back for the next game against the Boston Celtics, and that is your front page news.
1: All right. Thank you, Miss Yi. Now, earlier this week, we had Dr. Carl Hart that on. Was last week. Last it was last week. We had uh, Dr. Carl Hart on, and Dr. Carl Hart. What what is his profession? I know he's a doctor. He's a, a professor at
3: Columbia University, but he is what is A he? neuroscientist. He is a. Uh, um He's a neuroscientist and psychologist, and he studies the behavior uh, and neuro, neuro, neuropharmacological effects of psychoactive drugs in humans. That's correct. He's
5: so a he professor just professor at Columbia University.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that. Now, he just doesn't talk about it. He actually uses the drugs, uh, I guess, to be thorough with his uh, investigation
3: mm-hmm. and be thorough with his reports. Yeah, he yeah He's a
5: research scientist. So
3: but he also said he does it for his work life balance. He says there's nothing he enjoys more than sitting by the fireplace and doing a line of line of heroin. That's right. Well, Dr.
1: Steve Perry will be joining us this morning. He heard that interview and uh, had some things to say about it. All right. So we're going to talk to him when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
0: The Breakfast Club. Checking out the World's Most Dangerous Morning Show.
9: Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy,
1: Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line this morning. Yes,
3: indeed. The brother, Dr. Steve Perry. Welcome. Hey, blood. How y'all been? We're doing pretty good, man. How you been, bro? Having time in my life. Hey, Dr. Steve, for anybody who, you know, may not know who you are, tell them who you are for, for real quick. Well, I think what's most important
4: is that I'm the cat who runs schools, starts schools in the hood. Been doing that for 20 years. Uh, many of them know me, quite frankly, because of the interview I did on Breakfast Club with Puff, who we start schools together now in New York, and uh, more specifically in Harlem and the Bronx. We just opened up a, a new school in, in Co-op City in the Bronx. Super excited about that. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. You know, I wanted to talk to you, Steve, because we, we spoke last week. Uh, you know, after after the, Dr. Carhart was up here, the good brother Dr. Carhart, and you you had a, a perspective you wanted to share, another another side, so to speak. And you know, for, for those of us, for those of you who don't know who Carl Hart is, he's a, a a doctor who wants to decriminalize drugs, as we all do, because people shouldn't go to jail for addiction. And he's also a person who chooses to do heroin recreationally and Correct. says that we all can do that too, if done safely. What, what do you think about that, Dr. Perry?
4: So so context is everything, right? First of all, the, the interview that you guys did was breathtaking like much respect to you that was just so compelling I was that's really why uh Charlamagne and I haven't spoke I just just dropped him a line and said that was amazing um he's clearly deeply credentialed and and much respected in his field he talks about how he grew up in Miami and, and the like and that's cool too and growing up poor and being black seems like they go together like ham and eggs so that all is there but the context that he operates is a overwhelmingly wealthy white highly educated environment for me i work and live in the hood i run schools i start schools you don't go to the career resource center to start schools in the hood to run schools in the hood and in our context what he's saying simply doesn't it doesn't equate to reality we have a school in bridgeport an elementary school in bridgeport a hundred yards away from our school is a meth clinic a hundred yards a hundred yards to every single morning like right now i can say i'm in bridgeport today i can see the line forming in freezing cold outside for people trying to deal with their addiction when he speaks of uh, moralistic uh, impressions of, of drugs i get where he's trying to go and again much respect to him to for having a different perspective but he's speaking to a different audience he's speaking to a wealthy upper middle class white and other group of people who have access to health care, mental health care supports, as well as a a family structure. Unlike many of the children and families that I work with who don't get to try heroin, who don't get to do it in a controlled environment. It's not just a moralistic difference that he and I see, it's a functional difference. There are parts of the conversation that are left out when he's talking about the difference between uh, the way we look at drugs and the way we look at uh, illegal uh, uh, drugs, for instance. In order for a child to be put on any sort of Ritalin or the like, there's an entire evaluation process that begins at the school level with observing the child's behavior, having meetings with the parents, having meetings with social workers, having meetings with psychiatrists, psychologists, and then the physician. And then after that, it's monitored. And then that drug that he uses has been created in a laboratory under the most controlled conditions that we know under the greatest umbrella of science that we're aware of. Is not creating the crack counts by a high school dropout who didn't do well in, in, in chemistry, who's put anything that she or he can into this drug to make more money, to make it more addictive. So to compare the two is to me contextually off and therefore doesn't make sense in its, in its real application.
5: Um, so I wanna say this because I was trying to have an open mind and I have seen him on the documentary on Netflix, Crack, and then I also read um, a lot of his book. I don't think he's saying, yes, use drugs, it's good for you. I think what he's saying is that people are using drugs. There's 30 million people in this world that use drugs. As much as we've done this, drugs are bad. We know that. We've heard that so much, right? People are still doing it. So how do you make sure that they're not embarrassed to come out and say, yes, this is what I'm doing and I need to seek help if they need to seek help for that? That's how some of the message that I was getting from him was.
4: And I don't hear him saying, use drugs and quite frankly i don't think he or anybody has that kind of juice that they can get on the radio and tell people to do something they just all start changing their life to do it that's not what i'm talking about what i'm saying is drugs are bad mm-hmm. and it, one of the reasons why we work so hard to control these substances is because we understand the implications of them when they are uncontrolled we understand how they run they they ravage not just the body of a person but a body of a community and when you do what i do which is work among some of the poorest children in the country you don't have the time to talk about the the intricacies of the nuances of if you just use shrooms versus using some other form of psych i mean this is all we have when i'm talking to my kids I'm, i'm when i'm in the bronx if I were to stand in front of my parents and say, okay, I want to talk to y'all about how you can use drugs effectively, they could actually, they look at me like I lost my time. And then they and also, they, the doctor. they also
5: compare it to like prohibition, right? When uh, liquor was illegal and how harmful that was because then it was toxic. The People were, bootleggers were making anything and people were actually dying from drinking liquor. So they ended up having to regulate it because people were drinking and dr- liquor's not good for you either. You know that's a drug i think what he's talking about is regulating things so that less people are dying from toxic substances because most people that overdose is because they've taken something that they don't know what it is the majority of people or it's also a combination right they've taken these drugs and mixed them with other sedatives
1: now doctor all true let me ask you a question doctor you heard the interview uh, i believe you heard the interview in full um he didn't say do drugs he didn't say i want you to go out there and do drugs my problem was, is he was comparing it and making it seem like the drug use was okay. You know, he compared it to having an orgasm, right? Which he, right. which is wild. Then He compared it to, uh, how do you put it? Oh, yeah, no, I, I know a lot of people that, that use heroin as recreation or, you know, every once in a while. But my whole purpose is, yeah, you, even though you're not saying go use drugs, but in my
4: opinion, you making it seem like it's okay. Again, this is not a nuanced conversation, it's a context conversation. He can have a conversation at Columbia University with wealthy white and Asian kids from all over the world about how they should or think could think about drug use. And he can have that conversation there. I spent the lion's share of my career with the exception of 10 months that I did at uh, Yee's College um, working in the poorest communities. And so most specifically running a homeless shelter. And I see firsthand what happens when we do allow drugs to be used. And one of the things that's super important is there's a certain laziness, if we're gonna be really frank, about going to drugs instead of going to counseling, instead of going to create an opportunity for yourself. And I say laziness not as an indictment, but as, a, as an honest expression of, there are other ways for us to address some of the issues that are the underpinnings that we're having. I'm not going to give him that much credit or power to say that he can make people get on or off drugs. But what I can say, and I can also say, that the argument, for instance, around prohibition that because it was pro- prohibited, more people use it. I don't know if that's true, but I do know this: there's no, still more people, people died die from of-
5: it. Not that more people use it; more people died. And, and one was- could
4: argue that. Yeah. I, again, I don't know. I don't know that. But what I do know is this: there are more people who die of alcoholism than opioid addiction. I do know that, and alcohol is, is is legal, and I can go one step further, that during COVID, when everything was shut down, the package stores were open because it was seen as an essential service. So I am not going to sit here and suggest that there is not something to be said about the way in which we treat substances.
1: All right, well, don't move. We got more with Dr. Steve Perry when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Dr. Steve Perry. Yee.
5: Suggestion-wise, right, because people are still using drugs that are illegal. How do you prevent that from happening, and how do you prevent people from dying from that, and how do you prevent people from buying drugs off the street?
4: Very big question. I think, you know, one of the many reasons why I'm, I'm a huge fan of the work that you guys do there's no simple answers to that. No one person knows that, including me. What I do, so can I just answer what, the, what I do? What I do is create academic experiences that respect Black and Latin people in our communities and show them that they're beautiful and powerful and that they don't need to go that route. I show them that there's a future for them beyond these circumstances, and they don't have to allow the unearned disadvantages that they have to be compounded by adding additional disadvantages of drugs to their life. I show them that there's something more powerful in their brain that they can develop than putting something in their body to take them to an altered state. That's That's my contribution to the conversation. In addition to that, we create schools within which we understand that mental health is not something that is separate and apart, but embedded in the academic experience, that we understand that growing up black and poor is the most traumatic social experience that we have in the united states of america that is only worsened by other traumas but at its base is itself a trauma so what we do is that other people when i was running the homeless shelter what i might have said is that i I want mental health support in in a context where people gain access to it earlier and, and and cheaper Uh, If I were working in another setting, if I were working in a hospital setting, I might want to put in place some sort of detox opportunity. So depending upon what someone does in my lane, in my context, what I do, it means putting myself out there in our community with our team of mainly black and Latin people to start our own schools, to start the revolution that needs to happen, the power that needs to happen, because at the root of every revolution is education for me.
3: What do you you think, Dr. Perry? What do you think, Uh, about Dr. Carl Car- Hart's comments that we have exaggerated the impact of hard drugs in America? I think he's wrong.
4: I, mean, I just fundamentally think he's wrong. I don't. You don't need 100% of your hood to be slinging in order for your entire community to be jacked up. You just need like five or six dudes on one block terrorizing the entirety of the community as they try to run the block. You don't need everybody to be in that space, the the threat that they offer in their attempt to address whatever it is that they're dealing with is actual, is real. And so, again, at Columbia University, maybe it's not that big a deal. Uh, maybe it's not. But in Harlem, where I work, he works at Columbia. I work in Harlem. They're in the same place, but they might as well be on different planets where I work. Drugs are really a big deal, and they're the reason why, in so many cases, some of my teachers can't walk to their cars without somebody following them. It's the reason why so many of my kids are afraid. I can't tell you how many kids we're supposed to have as a a New York, uh, as a public school in New York, charter schools are public schools. As a public school in New York, we're supposed to have zero tolerance. So if a kid brings a knife into the school or brings some other weapon into the school, I'm supposed to expel them, like just straight up. It's just the whole story. Mm I can't tell you how many times I have to work through that in my own conscious. When I, when I have a child who I know has a weapon on them, they're not bringing it to the school to cause harm to the school. They just trying to get to school. And I have to ask myself when I carried a weapon, was I carrying it to hurt somebody in school was I just carrying not just get from my house yep. to my school. To, so what stood in, in, in between me and my school were not poppy seeds. It was crack. When he's talking about that, that, that the crack epidemic was overblown come on bro over my who like what's over over than what like what does that mean I, I i don't know how what he saw and again i can't speak to what he saw in his context i can only talk about what i saw when i was in philadelphia when i was working down in philadelphia in north philly and, and when i was when i was in in the bottoms in, in philly called the bottoms and what it looked like and i can tell him what it what it was this morning when i went to visit our elementary school and it looks like zombies walking by. I don't know what he sees when he goes to his job. I just know what I see when I go to my job. And I don't want people using drugs. Call me a square. I'll be a square all day. I'm cool with that. I'll be your square. Just to, I'm, 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 just to talk okay. about
5: how he explained it, though. I think what um, Dr. Carhart was saying was that the issue it is deeper than drugs, right? It is the communities, the people that are underemployed or unemployed, people dealing with anxiety and with depression, and then they're buying drugs off the street to try to treat that, not knowing what's in these drugs also. And then also I think a difference in how people look at white people who use drugs and how they look at black people who use drugs, because white people use drugs too, right? And people who are middle class and wealthy use drugs also, but they're not looked at the same way as criminals and as addicts, the way that Black people are.
4: All true. There is nothing that Black people do other than make music and play, um, play games, where when we do it, people think we're cooler at it. Like, let's just call that what it is, right? Let's just name that for what it is. But that's okay with me. I don't, I'm, I'm cool with the fact that I don't want African-Americans and Latin people to be elevated in our drug use. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay that that's not a thing. Every issue that we face is compounded by drug use. Every issue. If racism is an issue, add drugs to it. It is possible to say both are true, meaning that there is racism, and we should not be doing anything to in any way justify drug use. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of Nancy Reagan either, or her husband. Let's just call it what it is. During, when I was growing up, he said that ketchup was a, a vegetable. Right, so I'm not okay with that, and that actually impacted me because oh, I, I was one that. of those poor, I was one of those poor kids whose lunches got diminished because my I had free lunch. So my lunch, my vegetable was a packet of ketchup. I got that. I'm, I'm all there for that. But what I also want to make it clear is that I'm not gonna draw false equivalents. And Charlamagne made this point. You can't keep drawing these false equivalents. Like it's not the same. It, it is different. If Here's one of the many places that he and I can completely violently agree. It's different to be black. Even light-skinned with curly hair black. It's different. All
1: right, well don't move. We got more with Dr. Steve Perry. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Dr. Steve Perry. For somebody who's seen close up close and personal, somebody who has OD'd and died. You know, two people in my family. When I go to these homes and I and I purchase these these effed up cribs and and I see heroin addicts in the house and strung out, and I have these conversations because you got to ask them to leave. You know, and I ask them, you know, how and and like you said, a lot of them come from wealthy families and they can't kick it and they tried it one time and they're stuck and it's not like okay I can give up. No, it's they need that hit. And when he was talking about orgasm is the same, I'm like, I ain't never seen nobody porn a TV to, for, for some sex. You know what I mean? No. I ain't never seen nobody, you know, rob their grandmama's purse for for some sex or hurt somebody for for some 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 vagina. I never. But I've mean, I, I you know, seen it all the time for heroin and crack and coke and all a lot of other these things that the, that people are strung off of. So I, I just I, think you want to say that it's okay and that you can do it recreational. Like, that is just crazy to me.
5: I just think that conversation is interesting because a lot of things we've tried haven't worked. And so I'm open-minded to, because he's done like 25 years of research on this, right? And has changed his own viewpoint based on the research that he's done and not saying, yes, it's okay to do drugs, but like for instance, and this is for adults, not for kids, by the way. And he always stresses that. He's not saying that kids can make these determinations, but he's saying that responsible adults who are, you know, Take care of all their responsibilities. No, like for instance, if I do shrooms, I'm not going to do a huge bag of shrooms. I know just to take a little bit. Or if you do edibles, you know, I'm not going to eat 20 edibles. That's you're not gonna heroin, have a,
3: though, you. I think you're going to have a little this. bit.
5: So, what he's saying is people can make that because he did the micro dosing or whatever. He, and listen, I'm never trying heroin. I can tell you that. Like, that's not but going he on. He is, though.
4: That's right. Not he and is. is.
5: <laughs> and he has. Like, he is. And he has tried it but what he's saying is there's more people that don't get addicted than do
4: which is right? not true which,
5: but i'm just i'm just telling you what, what his argument is because i don't know i haven't studied it to have my own firsthand information and just because i was reading it so i try to look at it from both sides right it hasn't worked to say just say no to drugs it hasn't worked to say well you need to go to rehab and you need to get treatment so he wants to make sure that people will still be alive if that's the choice that they're making to do it How do you do it in a more responsible way so you don't die? Just like people have the needle exchange program where they trade in their dirty needles to get clean ones. I don't know. I don't know what the real answer is, but I'm just looking at it. Like a lot of things haven't worked.
3: I agree with all that, but you know, I I would, I would push back and say we haven't tried hard enough. You know what I mean? Because we still send people with addiction to prison instead of getting them rehabilitation. So, so I would ask you, Dr. Perry, do you think, will ever get to that point in this country Will where we'll move to complete rehabilitation instead of prison when it comes to nonviolent drug offenses?
4: Uh, as long as the offenders are black and Latin and poor, no. The, the short answer to that is the people who generationally have enslaved us are likely not gonna change their wicked ways if, if we're just gonna be frank about that. But that doesn't mean that we can't do something. I, I go back to what Envy was just saying. If, if you've never visited a, a house that is a cracked den. That is a place where people are living uh, as squatters. If you've never walked into to experience that stench, I mean, it is a stench. It's a vomit-inducing stench. If you've never seen that, then I can completely understand why you might be able to have an esoteric conversation about it. Like you might be able to talk about changing things around the edges. I, I get that. I completely get that. But once you have done that. And you've gone in there and seen not just stray dogs in there, but children who who are being treated no differently than the stray dog. Then you start to see, you know what, this this thing that we thought was a victimless crime is actually not a victimless crime. Actually, people really are dying from this in a in a real way. So what that means to me, Charlemagne, and I go back to when you asked me the question, which I think is a fantastic question, what do I think? I think from my place, we have to create avenues where we are. So you through your meetings, through your means and me through mine. We have to create our own. I'm not asking anybody to come in and solve the problems in my community. I just want everybody to be really crystal clear on that, lest you hear anything other coming out of my mouth. I'm saying, as a black man in my community, I'm not asking anybody to come in and, and solve this problem for me. I'm not doing that. What I want to do is I want to put as many brothers and sisters together and allies who believe in what we believe to come in and get the work done. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't get here by ourselves, we ain't going to get out by, by asking somebody to come in and... and, and Undig this ditch that they put us in. That's not gonna
3: happen. I agree with you, and, and I agree with Dr. Carl Hart when he says we should decriminalize drugs because I, I refuse to accept the fact that people should go to prison for addiction. But I just, I just can't encourage people to do crack and heroin recreationally. I don't think the black black people are in any position to to allow that type of rhetoric to go. And and I and I don't think we should attempt to create safe spaces for folks to do hard drugs. To your point, let's get them help. Let's provide them with jobs and opportunities. Let's get, let's provide them with better mental health resources. You know, let's teach them a trade so they can be more productive citizens. Cause a lot of people, man, they turn to drugs because they're trying to escape their trauma. Yeah, literally,
4: I mean, they'll tell you, I mean, Mm -hmm. just, just ask. I'm sure Envy, when you're in those houses and you say, man, how did you get here? I'll tell you a really quick story. There was a cat who um, at the shelter that I was at, that I was working at, and you know, reg- regular looking white guy, right? Like, a, you know, like you just see like regular looking white guy, like whatever, not did anyone, not losing, hadn't lost any teeth. He lost everything because of drugs. And so I asked him, how did you lose everything? Like, it, it, like he said, well, you know, it just became a thing. Over time, I worked to get high. Like I worked mm-hmm. to get high, and I had a small business, what have you. And so I said to him, if I took you to Alaska and dropped you off away from everybody, would that be what you need? He said, no. He said, I'd find a way to cop. He lost his kids. He lost his business. He lost his spouse. He lost his house. That doesn't happen, to, to your point earlier, uh, Charlemagne, because you're trying to chase some tail. Ain't nobody losing everything
6: because they're trying him. to get
4: with some yeah, envy. I, yeah. you, you ain't... You ain't getting, just because you're trying to get some behind, you ain't losing everything behind that mess. I don't calculate how
5: cute not I don't think we can <laughs> deny that drugs are really harmful and for a lot of people, but do you think there are people who use drugs that can still function in society and work and be
4: responsible? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. There are people who do things, I mean, look, Willie Nelson has been high since we were kids. Right? Weed. Right. So let's just stay there but he's functioning on a drug to, to the question of mm-hmm. a, a, just a basic question. Can you be? Yeah, absolutely. But the question becomes, what is the quality of life when that substance is controlling your movement? Right. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it's, it's, it's fantastically different when you do something and it is recreational, right. And you do it and you leave it and you go on back to it. That's fine. But for me, I watched the the, the tiger King and I watched them playing with those big cats, and then I watched the one person lose her arm. That's one arm for one person too many for me. me too. That's <laughs> good enough for you know, me. me. Me too.
5: Yeah. Listen, I, I think so. Is there a can you do something? Can you do drugs recreationally without being addicted?
4: I can't because I've have such I've had substance abuse in my family. I'm not that guy. I'm not testing fate. I don't agree with him when he suggests. That substance abuse doesn't run in the family. There's too much research that actually counters his point. And again, he is highly credentialed, highly respected. I'm not questioning his credentials or his opinion, but I also have an opinion as someone who works in this space on the other side. And on the other side, it is often the case whether it's um whether it's uh, uh nature or nurture. I can't make the distinction and honestly I don't care. I don't care if the reason why this child is trying drugs is because drugs are in his house or if he's trying drugs because that's somehow his predisposition to do so. For me, it doesn't it doesn't matter
1: at all. And the thing that's crazy like you mentioned like he said I'm a functioning addict, right? But then he said he's not addicted. So what is the
4: definition of an addict? O- according to what I know in working in the field, an addict is someone who needs this who needs this thing. That doesn't mean that they miss Uh, activities they may be very much at these activities correct she may be dropping her children off in the volvo at school every day she may do that every day and then as soon as she gets home she goes and she uses a pill or she uses this this drug or she sips the alcohol once it's part of your life and it's part of your coping then it's an addiction not every person has to lose their teeth not every person has to lose their job not every person has to lose their family but you do lose your freedom and that's an addict. An addict loses their freedom to determine whether or not they're going to use that substance or going to engage in that behavior. That's when you're addicted. Dr. Steve Perry,
3: where can they find you, Thank my you, brother?
4: They can go at Dr. Steve Perry on um, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. But the most important thing is, <laughs> it sounds like strange segue, Right now, our schools are open, and we're super excited about that. We are accepting applications. They can go to wearecapitalprep.org. That's in Connecticut and New York. Um, we love your listeners, and your listeners are our parents. And we want your parent, your listeners and our parents to know that we love your children, and we very badly want to be a part of their academic experience, and we want to teach them how to communicate through the trauma. We want to teach them to dream big because we send 100% of our graduates on the four-year colleges every single year since we opened in 2005. That's That's a school founded by Black people for Black and Latin people that's not going to stop just because uh, the system keeps pushing it and making it harder for us to do. So thank you so much. I love y'all. All All right, man. Steve
1: Perry, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
4: Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip.
0: Gossip. The Rumor Report.
7: Gossip. Gossip. With Angela. Angela
5: Yee. It's The Rumor Report.
7: The
0: Breakfast Club.
5: So Pharrell was on Naomi Campbell's web series, No Filter with Naomi. And he shared with her that she was kind of the inspiration of this song by Gwen Stefani, Hollaback Girl. A few
9: times I've been that track, so it's not to happen like that. Cause ain't no Hollaback Girl, there ain't no
5: Hollaback Girl. All right, that song was produced by the Neptunes and it was a number one song. And here's what he said happened.
7: Gwen and I have a song called Hollaback. And that chorus came from a conversation. You were telling you were telling somebody you ain't no holla back girl because <laughs> of the song that we had with fabulous at the time called holla back. You told somebody somebody was like trying to speak to you, or whatever. You was like, I'm sorry, I have a name. Like I'm not no holla back girl. And I thought that was so amazing. Wow.
3: Okay, so he took Naomi's uh response like, to somebody mm-hmm. and combined it right. with fabulous fabulous's uh holla back. Young yep.
5: yep. Yeah, because Naomi got that from the fat smash, song. Yep. Yeah.
3: I <laughs> ain't no bag, That's
5: dope. Mm? Wow. No, you not. So what if you right, holler back can-
3: though? At some point, you do holler back, right? <laughs> no, I mean, she might not. But at ever some, at some. Come on now. At some point, it, somebody. It made hollered. it seem like that dude was a peasant. He's <laughs> like, that, ain't no holler back, that, girl. You that, little peasant. But <laughs> I'm saying, at some point, some man hollered and she did holler back. So when you do holler back, does that make you a holler back girl? Are you just a, not a holler back girl in the moment? Are you just not a holler back girl? Period. Which one come is on it? I come feel on. like
5: holler back is like when you're on the street and somebody holler at you. It's not necessarily the most respectful way.
3: Oh, well, that's different. Hmm.
5: All right. Now, Kim Kardashian, they're saying we'll reportedly get that Hidden Hills mansion when her and Kanye West are divorced and she has that house. She's been living there with their four children. You know, he's been in Wyoming. So I'm sure even though Kanye designed the mansion, other than that, he's not really that super connected to it. And most of her family members live less than a block away in the same neighborhood. So it makes sense. Right. As they try to figure out these mm-hmm. things, they have a lot of things to split up, but they both have a lot of money. So I'm sure financially it'll be OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Megan Thee Stallion. She's in a new Calvin Klein ad campaign. She looks amazing, by the way. And she posted a hottie in my Calvin's the hot girl for Calvin Klein spring 2021 Mario Sorrenti. She captioned the post like that. Did y'all see it?
3: Yeah, I did. It's amazing. I <laughs> didn't see it. Partisan yeah, she looks of good. I'm proud of you. Partisan Partisan
5: Partisan. wrote, um, "Partisan wrote luckiest man alive under the picture." I'm
3: dropping a clue (laughs) bomb for Partisan Fontaine. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Both of them. I'm I'm glad they're happy, man. Well, I'm I'm, yeah.
5: They they're a very good looking couple.
3: I'm proud of you, Partisan.
5: (laughs) (laughs) In addition to that, Meg Thee Stallion also just was featured on a Maroon Five song. They just uh, put that out, and the song is called "Beautiful Mistakes."
9: i like my situation's beneficial doing something different got me looking stupid the only way i'm coming back to you is if you're
1: dreaming lucid who's maroon okay. five they don't you know maroon five is you stop
3: it <laughs> they, they're a big deal right <laughs> yes. yes they
5: are a big deal who oh wait no it wasn't was it, was yeah, it cardi,
3: cardi it? song chris martin yeah, she did chris martin is the lead singer of maroon five right i rock with you yeah i will say yeah yeah yeah. chris martin yeah i heard yeah i heard of him. chris Mm -hmm. martin he's the guy he runs maroon five Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, (laughs) okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's it's chris martin all right now
5: (laughs) now let's talk about page kennedy he's been on the breakfast club before he has a new album out called page and he's also on the netflix series the meg and an upcoming series called the upshaws with mike epps and he was on lip service recently and i didn't know that you can get an STD without even having sex. Here's what he said happened to him.
3: But the first time I got burnt, I didn't even have sex.
7: I literally was just basically dry humping this girl. She had her panties on. She wouldn't let me I had my drawers on, and I guess her secretion through her panties and through my drawers is what caused it. And the sad thing about it is, that's not even the only time that that happened.
3: Um, I, I don't want to call him a liar so
5: Everybody be safe out there I'm, I'm
3: not going to call him a liar I'm, I'm not just... going to call him a liar but
5: <laughs> Man, You are a liar and no. you've always been a liar I'm not going to call him
3: a liar I'm Neither just going to say I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary mm-hmm. I'm not the strong, strongest Avenger If any Dr. Strangers are out there that would like to comment on my page and let me know if this guy is telling the (laughs) truth, can you actually catch an STD without having sex? Bro. Please inform me. He said it twice. He said he caught it twice. Uh,
6: No,
5: he just said it's not the only time. I don't know how many. Oh, yeah.
3: I thought sexually transmitted diseases had to be transmitted through sex if there's some secretions
5: if there's some secretions right I'm not right,
3: listening to y'all y'all not doctors You can
5: still if if her secretion <laughs> I'm
3: not through the little hole you guys have I sound like he's just making content for the podcast I'm not listening to y'all I need to talk to the doctor <laughs> Doctor doctor paging doctors I need to talk to you let me know Sounds crazy if That's true I just want to know for But be careful reasons.
5: everybody out there dry humping thinking they doing something nothing really It could maybe happen I don't know all right. Well, that is your rumor report. All so, right.
3: I almost bet money nobody's ever gotten an STD from dry humping. He
5: did.
3: <laughs> All right. <G. laughs> no way. I'm gonna sell All you. Right. I'm gonna sell you a bridge in Brooklyn soon, bro. Watch. <laughs> Just give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> give me a minute. I'm gonna will sell you a bridge in Brooklyn soon. Who you
1: giving a doggy to, man?
3: Uh, four after the hour. We need Greg McDermott, uh, the head coach for the Creighton University. Um, I don't know what their mascot is. We need them to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with them. It's a teachable moment for white people. All right, we'll get to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
9: This gonna be a donkey, because right now you want
5: some real donkey, donkey, donkey,
0: donkey, donkey It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you
3: ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey today? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. It's the Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yes, yeah, donkey today for Thursday, March fourth. God damn it, it's March already. It's March fourth. Lord have mercy. Donkey today for Thursday, March fourth goes to Greg McDermott. Now, who is Greg McDermott? Uh, he is the head basketball coach at Creighton University. He's coached there for 11 years, and if I'm not mistaken, he's the reigning Big East Coach of the Year. Now, for the past few years we've been in a reckoning in this country, okay? The old ways of this world don't serve us anymore. I mean, they never did, but the power structure was such that none of this stuff was truly challenged. Therefore, it was never changed, okay? Women are holding men accountable for, you know, their sexism and uh, misogyny and LGBT community is holding people accountable for, you know, their homophobia and transphobia and black people are holding America accountable for white supremacy. Beautiful things, okay? Uh, And listen, things have been one way for so long that a lot of our behaviors come from our unconscious mind. Unconscious mind, as far as I know, uh, stem from Sigmund Freud's psychoanalytic theory of personality. And the unconscious mind is defined as a reservoir of feelings, okay? Thoughts, urges, and memories that are outside of conscious awareness, okay? Sigmund Freud believed that the unconscious uh, continues to influence behavior even though people are unaware of, you know, their underlying influences. So America has been one way for so long and we've been influenced by this, whether we know it or not. So our language, our behavior, it's usually a reflection of, of the systems that we have been a part of. And if you're honest with yourself, man, oh man, have we been taught wrong. Okay. So we have all had to unlearn certain things and that's great. It's great. We all make mistakes. It's how you respond to the correction. That shows the level of your character. There is a reason why you do what you do. And it's an important day in your life experience when you discover that reason. I'm bringing all this up because Greg McDermott made a mistake. A mistake made because of years of conditioning. He's 56 years old, 56-year-old white man, coaching an NCAA Division One basketball team with about seven ba- seven black basketball players, okay? One black assistant head coach. Might even be more black players on the team. A lot of them look real miscellaneous in the face, so I don't know. I'm not throwing him any bail at all because he should absolutely know better, but I believe his unconscious mind told him to say this. Let's go to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin show on ESPN for the report, please.
4: Creighton's head coach Greg McDermott is fielding some questions about some comments that he made following a loss to Xavier last Saturday. This is McDermott telling the team, "Quote, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation." McDermott did say he, quote, immediately after saying those words, immediately recognized my egregious mistake and quickly addressed my use of such insensitive words with my team. The university put out a statement saying that their basketball coach used a term that was, quote, deplorable. And if you're wondering, for one member of the team, Terrence Rencher, who is a black assistant coach, said he was, quote, deeply hurt by McDermott's words.
3: Do we have Homer Simpson? Where's Homer Simpson? Oh, we don't have Homer Where's Homer when you need <laughs> Now, if there's the top three things not to say to black people, one being the N-word, okay, three, anything negative about Beyonce, then two, got to be any reference to slavery, okay, the plantation, you being our master, I shouldn't even have to explain to you the generational trauma attached to slave plantation references, but what I like even more about this situation, but what I like about this situation is that it is a teachable moment, okay? It's a teachable moment for all white people. Of course you know not to say this now. Or maybe you don't. But remember what I said earlier about how we all make mistakes and how you respond to correction that shows the level of your character? Listen to Greg McDermott apologize. I made an awful mistake. And when you make a
4: mistake, sometimes you're not only disappointed in yourself, but the pain that I caused our players who look to me as a mentor and as a leader, the pain that I saw in their eyes was immense. That's where my disappointment is in myself, is that, what I've done to some young people that I love very much. So that's a cross that I'm going to have to bear. I'm going to come out of this uh, a better person because of it. Uh, but it's it's
3: going to be a process. Uh, have some more conversations, uh, which we need to have, so that I can help them and, and they can help me. Now, you know how you know it? that's real? Because he isn't being threatened. He didn't lose anything. There's no threat of losing any, anything. Okay? He apologized. All right? Now, I'm sure they asked him to apologize, but that seemed very sincere. And self-correction is important, okay? See, self-correction, some of y'all white people fighting the changes, okay? Y'all still trying to hold on to the old way of doing things. Greg didn't make any excuses. He didn't start that silly white victimhood nonsense. He didn't say white people are being targeted. He acknowledged he did something wrong, and he, he corrected himself. That is how you make the world a better place. Michael Joseph Jackson said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make that change. So when someone calls you on your behavior, tells you that something you are doing isn't right, don't fight it. Just make that damn change, okay? Self-correction is the biggest social service. Also, this man, Greg McDermott, offered to resign, okay? He offered to resign. And his players said, no, we don't want him to resign. We made a mistake. I don't, I don't think he should resign either. He just made a mistake. He should be held accountable and he should change and he should use his privilege moving forward to correct other Caucasians. I want someone of his character being the master of other white folks. And he has a great lesson to teach his players now. See, everybody thinks mistakes are the first steps to success, but the real fact is the correction of mistakes is the first steps to success. Learn that. You will manifest a better life for yourself and others. Uh Please, Give Greg McDermott the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons.
0: Oh, now you are the
6: donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, hoo, you are, are the, donkey the donkey of the day.
1: All right. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Yes, ma'am. Up next, Ask Ye. 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice. Call Ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
0: (laughs) Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Ye.
3: Keep it real.
1: Hey, it's two of y'all on the line right now. This is for Asky. You guys have similar problems, so Yee's going to try to bust it both down for both of y'all, all right?
9: Okay, okay. So who's going first? I guess I'll go first,
5: too.
9: Let's have a conversation. Okay, so this is where, where I'm at. Me and my boyfriend, we've been together. I'm 28, um, and we've been together since I was 13 years old. We have three children together. Um but he has a drinking problem, and this drinking problem has developed, you know, maybe about seven years ago, and at that time, you know, our son, you know, he was injured in a car accident, due to, and he has a traumatic brain injury, and of course, those um, type of wounds take a long time to heal. I'm still dealing with it myself, and, you know, for the most part, you know, he's been, it was bad, then it got good, then it got bad again, and now it's like really bad again, mm-hmm. so my question is, you know, at this point, you know, and it got so bad to the point, well, let me back up and say it got so bad to the point point that he drove me in to become an alcoholic as well but last year I took it upon myself to change my life I don't drink anymore you know I don't I used to smoke cigarettes nasty habit you know but I don't smoke. it's been a year since I've smoked cigarettes a year since I've drank liquor or whatever and I realized you know that we were going down a a dark path so now I've been trying to lead by example you know so basically what now that I've changed and he doesn't want to change I'm at this place where I'm like, do I leave him, you know, to um, keep don't going so he's not not taking me back? Or, you know, because I've always been, you know, a hustler. You know, I am the breadwinner of the family, you know, and I never let him know that or anything like that. But, you know, I feel like with him, you know, having this problem, he's dragging me down. Uh,
5: Yeah, that's scary.
9: Well, my situation is pretty much the same either. I'm just not a drinker myself, but, my husband, he's been drinking in and out of the hospital for pancreatitis for like, um, three or four times different doctors over like maybe five different doctors told him to stop drinking, but he, he'll stop drinking when he leaves the hospital, but he'll eventually start back drinking. And I'm like, you know, you don't supposed to be drinking or having that. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be okay. But it scares me. And when he drinks, he's like a whole different aggressive person. But mm-hmm. so when he's not drinking, he's like super sweet, so charming, so, you know, just a great person overall. But I'm just in the process of now, it's like he's kind of wearing me down because I'm kind of getting overwhelmed with it. And I'm like really ready to leave me and my kids, you know, ready to go because it's like I'm just every day come home from where a drink, beer in his hand, drinking, 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 non-stop.
5: So And ladies, first of all, I want to say I'm so sorry to hear that both of y'all have to go through this. And I mm-hmm. commend our first caller for actually getting the help that she needed and being clean for a year. That's a huge accomplishment. You know, alcoholism is a disease, too. So that is an addiction that somebody has to want to get help and like you guys have both stated it doesn't seem like these men are trying to seek the help that they so desperately need have either one of you ever tried to do an intervention yes i actually go to my counseling
9: um my counselor referred me to someone who i can actually have him to go see i scheduled the appointment but the day of the appointment is like Oh, I don't need counseling. Um, I don't need to go to rehab. I'm good. I I can do it on my own. I can stop. He just seems like he's not an alcoholic, basically. But all alcoholics think they're not alcoholics. So. Right. The first step is exactly. admitting it. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. You know, I, I've come to him and I've told him, you know, that, you know, you're an alcoholic you know and you need help you know look what you're doing to me and the kids you know and i'm the same thing you know where he's like you know very nice he's himself when he's sober but when he's an alcoholic it's just great it's, it's so different
5: and i would highly recommend getting an expert that can actually help you set up a real intervention right where you have family members close people that can actually sit down in the room and help be supportive but also talk to this person talk to your, your husband um, about how this is tearing the family apart because, again, they have to know that they have a problem and they have to want to seek help. And, again, it is a disease. So while you do have to be supportive, you also can't cover up his problems for him. Do you guys still have liquor in the house? No, I don't no. drink it all. I don't carry
9: any of that in my home, but he'll go back mm-hmm. and forth to the store all day about the, the what he wants. Yeah, and it's to the point that he'll get on the bike I because he don't even have a car no more because he got a DUI and he'll get on the bike and I tell him, oh, you're not driving my car and if he's asking to stop at
5: the liquor store, I hit the game. All right, well, listen, <laughs> I want to direct you guys to Center org, and they'll actually have a lot of resources on there. You can even chat online with somebody that is confidential so that they can help you figure out what type of help you guys specifically need. But I do think think, you know, maybe set up an intervention, not just with the pastor, but with family members, maybe the pastor also can come in, a therapist, somebody that can actually lead this conversation, an expert, like I said, it's not easy. And this is a disease. And it's something that they have <laughs> to want to say, okay, I'm going to take and, you know, it could happen at any time. That's why you have to be optimistic and have to keep on ingraining this message into someone's head until they finally hear it, because it could end someone's life, you know, and yeah. again, yourself i don't want you guys this is a heavy burden on you as well
9: very
5: and i i don't want to tell you i can't tell you to leave somebody or what not to do because i think the guilt that you might feel if you did but again you Mm -hmm. cannot uh, you know make excuses for for him but i do feel like you need to get that professional help you can call 888-998-2605 you can go online to americanaddictioncenters.org again get that treatment that you need and figure out what it is that you can do is some actionable steps that you can take because it is a disease. So help is available. You can speak to somebody for free and then find out what you need to do. And it's all confidential. And they have public health agencies that deal with this also. You can also call um, 1-800-662-4357. And you can get some substance abuse treatment, but this is a serious issue. So that's why I want you to talk to somebody that's an expert in dealing with this. Yes, ma'am. Well, I appreciate your advice there. You know, to the other ladies, just hang in there. You know, I'm here with you in spirit. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. I'm praying for them.
1: Ask ye 800 585 1051. If you need relationship advice, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning
5: for real, what's real, you, what's
1: real you, what's some real what's advice you? with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Nagai. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Ashley. Ashley, what's your question for Yee?
8: I've been with someone for years, and my children have known him also for years since they were like three and nine. they're older now. And they're to the point where they're calling him dad. Mm-hmm. And their father who just got in their life because of court purposes feel as though they shouldn't be calling him dad now and that they should stop stop.
5: How old are your children now? Um nine. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so terrible. You sure that's yours? That's the bigger problem. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you sure that's yours? Yes. I'd <laughs> be doing the same thing, though. But I'm a dad. Dads can do that. I don't think mothers should be allowed to do that. One of us got to know how old the goddamn kids are.
5: Well, we know social security numbers, birthdays, all this stuff. The numbers are flying all over the place.
3: Yeah. So right. it's
5: like six years. You've been with this man for six years. Yeah. Okay. And so the children are comfortable calling him dad, and they've done that on their own.
8: Yes, on their own. We sat down and talked with them. Um, see how they feel. But me and him both talked by ourselves when my daughter first started um, calling him dad. And then he said, well, we're going to wait and see if she's going to continue to do it. And then we just want to see how it's going to go from there. And then we just, you know, sat her down and started talking with her. And then she felt as though it's okay. And we yeah. kind of started setting some boundaries in our house because he also has children. And we bring our children together so that no one feel like a black sheep because that's a, a big generational thing that seems to be in families. So we don't want none of our children feeling uncomfortable. But they don't. We right. thank God because we're, we're bringing them together.
5: And I will say, just based on other families, I know that are blended families... You kind of have to let the kids lead the way and they feel most comfortable in these situations if that's what they're comfortable doing and you guys are okay with it. But I do think it's important that they know what the relationship is, right? They do know
6: they have a father, a
5: biological dad, but he's been raising them as he should if he's with you, like they're his children too. Because when you're with somebody that has kids, that's like, those are your kids too. And you never want them to feel different than his biological children.
8: Right. And this is the um, thing that's just really bothered me is that their biological dad, when I go to him for things for the children, he feels as though that my fiance ought to be doing it because he's the one that's there, but he doesn't want them now to be calling him dad. And I'm just like, well, how you don't want them to call him dad, but you don't want to do nothing for him.
5: Yeah, unfortunately, it's not even up to him at this point. You know, this man has been doing a great job and the kids feel comfortable calling him dad. And he's planning, I assume, to be in their life, right? You guys are planning to be together for the long yes. haul. Yeah. And so that's what they're comfortable with. And unfortunately for him, he hasn't been there and he still can be their father. Also, he is their father and he should still yes, act accordingly. not him for anything. Right. i feel
8: as though i'm a we're adults and everybody has been married before and dealt with this kind of thing and as a as parents and co-parents and everybody should respect each other's wishes and boundaries and everything and don't discredit the other parent. it's just a lot with him and we try to make sure everything is mature but it's always a yeah. problem
5: with him. It sounds like he, you guys might need to do some, he might need some individual counseling, and then maybe there's some type of um, parenting that's counseling that's that, that you guys that. can do together so that y'all yeah, can function. Actually,
8: we have. Just, when we, when we mm-hmm. went to court, the judge seen what was going on and seen how he was reacting, and he sent us to co-parenting classes. Right. <laughs> Did that us. help? And, and No, not on his end, No. <laughs> Right.
5: Well, listen. I uh, will say this: it would probably be hurtful to the children if you try to go to them and say, "Oh, you can't call the person who you look at as a father figure, dad anymore." Especially if he's okay with it, you're okay with it, and at some point, you know, their biological father is going to have to step up, and he's there's nothing he could really do about it, and he should be grateful that somebody has done a great job and that you're with somebody that treats these children so well. Absolutely, and. I
8: feel the same way, and I just—I always try to let him know that no one discredits him or no one takes who he is from our um, our children, and it is nothing right. more that I can say. I just wanted to make sure, as a woman, that mm-hmm. I was doing the right thing, and I just—sometimes right. as a female, we don't we don't see a man's side or understand his feelings, so it's okay. I feel as though it's okay for a female to act another female or a guy. Just make sure that right. you're not
5: out of line. No, you've done everything that you can do, and you're respectful to him as a dad. You're not denying him any of the privileges that he has as their biological father, but whatever is best for the kids is what should be best in this situation. It's not about how he feels, and and we take that into consideration, but it's bigger than him. It's about the kids. Yeah, Absolutely. I appreciate y'all. I just want to let y'all know, me and my kids listen to y'all every morning <laughs> on our way to school or work. So, well, thanks, do you call your you man so daddy? Much. Do you call your man daddy also? <laughs> no, I do
3: not. The only okay, reason, just wondering. The only reason you're letting these kids listen to this adult program is because you don't know how old they are. Stupid.
8: My kids are very mature for their age, and it's so weird. But. They know my daughter she loves to, uh, guess what race it is.
3: <laughs>
6: That's funny.
8: <laughs> she she tells me stuff that goes on at school, and she goes, Mom, guess what happened at school today? And then she'll tell me, She's like, But guess, guess what, what? Race, race it is? It is. <laughs> That's
3: funny. Ah, I love it. I love it.
1: Thank you very much. All right, uh, ask E 800 585 We got rumors on the way.
5: Vanessa Bryant, she is talking about finding strength after Kobe and Gianna's tragic deaths. We'll tell you what she had to say in this exclusive people interview.
1: All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
0: This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Oh my-
2: Club. So
5: listen up, nah, 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 nah. well, Drake has confirmed some new music coming, and that music will be coming out. What's today? The, the fourth? The fifth? Tomorrow. So tomorrow. Yes, he put Friday, midnight, and he shared some artwork for scary hours too. Mm. Mm. I can't, Certified I mean, Lover Boys coming soon. I, feeling I, like
3: I, I do I I do like when Aubrey uh, says scary hours. Why? I just do. That's when he uh. puts out his best work. That's when, uh, that's when somebody's pissed them off.
1: All right. I can't wait to hear some new Drake music.
5: All right. Well, Vanessa Bryan is on the cover of People magazine. She's featured on the magazine's Women Changing the World cover. And she talks about how her daughters have helped her cope with the family tragedy. They've gone through a lot together. And she said, the pain is unimaginable. You have to get up and push forward. Lying in bed crying isn't going to change the fact that my family will never be the same again. But getting out of bed and pushing forward is going to make the day better for my girls and for me. So that's what I do. Okay. Okay. Always send in prayers and love to Vanessa. That has to be Absolutely. one of... Always. I couldn't even imagine mm-hmm. that type yep. of pain. Her daughter, her husband. But she does have her girls that give her the strength that she needs. So make sure you pick up that People magazine. All right. Now, Square has acquired a majority stake in Jay-Z's title for $297 million. Jay-Z will retain his stake in the music streaming business. But he'll also join Square's board of directors as part of the deal. So wow. through this deal... Jay Z and Title's other shareholders, which include Beyonce, Madonna, Rihanna, uh, you know, a lot of different artists, will continue to own their piece of the business, but that business will operate as an independent division within Square.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of different uh, things Mm -hmm. that are impressive about this deal, but, you know, the fact that the artists who were down with Title from the beginning are the second largest, you know, shareholders of this deal. Man, dropping the clues bombs. Big boss teams, you know? Hope had a good couple of weeks.
6: Great it's couple of weeks. Is,
3: by
5: the way, they they have cash app they're you know so for that type of money services. and it, it seems like this has been some years in the making. He's been Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey have been talking for quite some time. It's actually started a few months ago and those talks progressed after they discovered the shared purpose between them that was to build things that empowered others to be more successful in their own work. So
7: yeah, yeah. I wonder what's
1: next for Hove, though, like, cause you know he always thinks five see, see, steps see, ahead. Like, what's
3: see, see that's what's wrong with
1: you I'm just curious. I, I love the way his mind can, thinks. So I'm just curious, like, what, how he thinks. That's we, all.
3: Can we can we stay here for a second? Can we stay with the title and the Squarespace? Uh, that's the, great. The, the champagne. Let's just you know. That's great.
1: But I'm yeah. just curious to what's next. Like, what's on his agenda? Like, is it to what's next? I, I just love the way he thinks. That's he, all.
3: He always told us stay low and keep firing. And he hasn't looked back since. That's his motto. Stay low and keep firing. It's really only two ways to do business, right? Good and bad. And, and Hov historically does does good business. And he's sitting on the board of, of Square now, so he's like over Cash App. What else Square got? I know they got Cash App and something else. Well,
1: Hov, since you're on the board, there's a lot of people that's been DMing me. They send people, wrong people, a Cash App, and they're trying to get their money back, and they say there's no number for Cash App. Can you get a number, a phone yeah, number for Yeah, once you cash send that app? money
5: out on Cash App, you can't get it back.
1: Yeah, can you fix that, whole? you can send you it get, to the wrong
5: person.
3: Yeah. You know what I was thinking about this morning, too? And this is so random. I was thinking, I was thinking about Jay's, the last deal with LVMH, and I was thinking about how George Clooney gave all his close friends a million dollars. I'm like, I wonder if Jay does stuff like that. Probably does that all the time. Just here's a million for you, Emery. Here's a million for you, Tata. Yeah, here's
5: of a course. million for
3: you, Be High. Yeah. Mm.
5: Mm. But those are not just his friends; they work with family. him also. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they also work with him. George Clooney's was just like his boys from school, you know. Well, no,
1: but those his boys from school. He gave his boys from school jobs and opportunities. They didn't those, go to school,
5: so. but yeah. I'm just saying they school. also <laughs> work with him, so they're
3: constantly. <laughs> they went to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> oh, <nice.
5: laughs> yeah, they didn't go to school. <laughs> Come
3: on. Anymore.
5: All right, now the Real House of Atlanta, according to the Jasmine Brand, is looking to cast a female comedian in Atlanta. So they've been putting out some fillers to see who might potentially be a good fit. They haven't made a decision yet about who's turning for the upcoming season. But I also saw that my girl Jasmine branded an exclusive with Kenya Moore about whether or not she broke girl code for accusing uh, one of the women to have hooked up with a male stripper at Cynthia Bailey's bachelorette party. We saw the video footage now. And here's what she said. Do you think you broke girl code?
9: No, I don't think I broke girl code because that implies that I am somehow snitching on my friends. And we already know who the people are involved.
5: And Portia clearly
1: said, "I'm not her friend." So they broke girl code. If I'm not your girl, no, she broke
5: girl code. <laughs> Envy was so into this. That's why I was like, Let "She me broke talk girl about code." This.
1: So if you don't know what happened, there was a stripper party. Oh, they turned the cameras off. They made production leave. They covered the cameras. Whatever happens after that is whatever happens after that. You're not supposed to tell that. The same thing as God code. If we all go to a strip club, right? And everybody and and the cameras leave and everything, and your man does something crazy, you tell him, girl. Go. Come on.
5: That show. sounds like dumb code, and I'll break dumb code. If you you're stupid enough to go to a bachelor party knowing you're getting married and you do something, and somebody tells, and you do something in front of all these people.
1: But the person getting married didn't do anything. Cynthia didn't do anything. It was just somebody else. Well, no, yeah, not Cynthia. I
5: thought you were talking about your boys going out. No, nah,
1: but if your boys go to the club. I mean, Charlamagne, you've been to the strip club with one of your people did something stupid. You just laugh about it. You keep it in your group chat, and that's it. You don't go tell the world. I don't know nothing. But, I don't know what you're talking about. Strip club. But
5: FYI, the cameras were rolling.
1: Nah, they, they turned the cameras off.
5: I saw some video footage.
1: Nah, they turned the cameras off and it was supposed to be just I the girls' that. Girls, 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 relax. It's I'm not sorry. that serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's definitely some footage out, the out there. Out. Nah, they, they, told, they turned the cameras off. <laughs> yeah, don't let that bitch talk
5: to you like that. You know? <laughs> what you just called me? Okay, no, listen. T- listen, you honey, might know more about t- The Bachelor, sir. But if you look on the Jasmine Bear and you can see video footage of, and you know you're in a place with this. Can you have mics on? Come on.
1: They cut the cameras off The camera's supposed to be cut
3: off You a chatty whore It's supposed to be They they covered all the cameras You a chatty whore
5: Ralph Lauren has launched A new clothing rental service Mm -hmm. And that's for Lauren Ralph Lauren So it's kind of like Rent the Runway Where you pay a monthly membership And then you can get Unlimited swaps And complimentary shipping So if you want to just Rent some clothes You get this monthly membership fee And then you can just Pick whatever you want From these 600 different pieces And then send it back Get something new And then Once you use something like a few times they retire it and they actually donate them to Delivering Good, which is a nonprofit benefiting at risk families and children. I
3: mean, it's smart because, you know, he know the streets about to open back up this summer. You know, people people money a little low. They might need to rent a little outfit to be out here in these streets for the summer.
5: All right. Well, that is your rumor report.
3: All right. Well, let's get to the mix. Revolt, we'll
1: see you tomorrow. Everybody else, let's go. I saw some video footage. Nah, they turned the cameras off, and it was supposed to be... Everybody,
5: is DJ
1: Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's Women's History Month, and what we doing, Yee?
5: Well, today we are celebrating Clarissa Shields. You know, she has an MMA fight coming up this summer, but tomorrow she will be fighting. She's been trying to get a fight for a while. Like I said, she's 10-0, and 0, and she is the fastest boxer in history to win titles in three weight divisions. But for some reason, people weren't trying to show her fight. Well, now she's headlining an all-women's pay-per-view on Fight TV, and that's going to be tomorrow. It's called Superwoman because she was tired of waiting for people who are the powers that be in boxing to come around to her way of thinking. Here is Clarissa Shields. Who in the
9: world
0: it's Women's History Month, and we're celebrating the most influential women in history. Check out this phenomenal woman.
9: When, we, when we're talking about the minute of rounds, women boxing didn't put those rules down for us to fight two minutes. The men did that. So, And I feel like they did that to keep us at our pay wages to where we don't make as much as them because we don't fight the same time. So what I'm saying is not that we're not worth the same thing now, but we are willing to fight three-minute rounds for 12 for, for 12 rounds, to even the playing field, to where when we say we want equal pay, we're also putting in an equal work. I just don't think that two minutes is enough. And that's where they look at the lack of women's boxing and say, oh yeah, like, yeah, they're boxing, but they're not as great right. as the men. And we are as great as the men. I know for a fact that I am, women's boxing is on the forefront. You know, like, we're not in the shadows anymore. We need to have our faith out there to where people can, like like the young girls can see, like, we have things coming up.
0: That was another phenomenal woman in history.
5: All right, well, let's make sure we all purchase that pay-per-view tomorrow night and show some love and support for Clarissa Shields. At just 25 years old, she is already legendary.
1: All right. Shout out to Clarissa Shields. Now, when we come back, we got the positive notes. Don't move us to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout to everybody that's uh heading out to Atlanta this weekend. I'm gonna be out there for All-Star. I'm gonna be all over the place. Shout to my family at BQE which is probably one of my favorite restaurants out there. Um, also, shout to Monticello, shout to Sweet and Slush Lounge. I'm going to be all over the city in Rose Bar, so hopefully I get to see some of you guys socially distancing, of course. That's right. I
5: said your yeah, boy opened a restaurant, <clears throat> Toast on Lennox.
1: Oh, Chef Harper? Chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout to Chef Harper. He's probably one of the most amazing chefs that I've I've ever you know, any restaurant that I've ever ate at. He started BQE. Then he, uh, started, uh, Rock Cuisines. And now he's doing his own restaurant. He's just a dope chef. He puts together amazing menus. So shout to, uh, Chef Harper.
3: And salute to my guy, Kobe, man. Kobe gonna be hosting like every single party in Atlanta this weekend. He gonna be at. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe. Mm-hmm. He, young Kobe. He gonna be at every single event. You know what I'm saying? He's only 19, so he can't drink. But you know, he, he, he gonna be up in there with you
1: well, you know they said that the Super Bowl wasn't a, um, a super spreader like everybody said it was going to be. It wasn't a super spreader at all. So hopefully this will be the same in Atlanta.
3: Kobe was there, though. Hopefully. Kobe was at the Super Bowl, too. Kobe be all over the place. Don't don't, mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. He only 19. Mm-hmm. But his mind is older. Okay.
5: Well, I just have to, along those lines, also let you guys know the Black Coalition Against COVID-19 is hosting another Making It Plain Town Hall tonight. That's at 7 Eastern. So they're going to have expert panel discussions on protecting the lives of our Black community elders from COVID because, as you know, our elders are the pillars of our communities and protecting them is our priority. So there'll be panelists like Dr. LaShawn McIver from the Centers for for Medicare and Medicaid Services and Dr. Amanda Cohn from the CDC. So tonight's event is dedicated to people working in aging services. You can tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern, on facebook.com forward slash blackdoctor.org, or you can go to youtube.com forward slash blackdoctor.org.
3: All right. Now you got a positive note, Charlamagne? I do, man. The positive note uh, during Donkey today, I was talking about self-correction. Uh, just know that self-correction uh, makes you check the rules of your life against the yardstick of your inner voice, okay? When you acknowledge, when you don't measure up, self-correction is an ongoing process. If done often enough, it can stop yourself from screen off your path.
7: Breakfast Club, bitches. Are y'all finished or y'all done?